Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hands it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. That's it, got KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. We are seven days away from the start of the 2022 season. It is right on our doorstep and we've got a lot to talk about. And we've got a full house here for you. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Caleb Henry's here. 15 to 20 pukes coming up. Every day. That's how you know we're getting good. (laughs) Working hard. Matt McMaster thought he was puking earlier this week, but he made it. I was. (laughs) Under the weather, under the weather, but I'm back, back at it. No, it's because you were working so hard. And I'm I'm the hardest worker here. 15 to 20 pukes per day. Per day. Thanks, intern Matt. It's not because he's out of shape. It's just that they're working really hard. Absolutely. Can we just... All right. First of all, on the show, we're going to get to our picks. (laughs) Yes, we have the season picks, game by game, going through that. Uh, We are also going to hit on the big Big Ten media agreement. Billion big. Yeah, billion with a B. We've got some preseason polls that came out this week to discuss. But yeah, let's. Do you want? Do you want to address the vomit in the room? Cool. Um, it was an offhanded comment and was either a super exaggeration or was just kind of trying to let people hear what they want to hear. Yeah. Cool. That's the end of that. You ever have a, you ever have a friend who like gets made fun of really easily, but you're like really close to him when you like him. And then sometimes he just like, I'm really close to you. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate that. But sometimes he just shoots himself in the foot and you're like, dude, like, like why'd you say that? Like you don't you don't you don't have to. Like that's how I felt. Like I don't I'm not buying into it and like There are time there are times you know. that, that Frost says some things and you go, I don't I don't think that's quite within the realm of truth, but it, it's close enough that I can tell you're trying to make a point about how hard someone is working or how much they're putting into it, how well things are going. So the all right. You can tell there was a slight exaggeration. It did not need to be blown up to the point of the health risk of the football players because guess what? That's not an issue at Nebraska. Talk to anyone on their health staff, anyone on their training staff. They're monitoring everything. Those guys are fine. Yeah. I, two things on this. Number one, I think Derek Peterson from Hale Varsity on Twitter put it best. Scott Frost is in oh, like the, yes. the, the top 3%. The top 3 percentile of... Coaches who can say literally anything and it will be national news within <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. And number two, uh, to your point, Matt. Well, the, the rest of that, by the way. Yeah. And and they say that Nebraska is. Not. Oh, and they say that Nebraska is not relevant anymore. That was yeah. Yes. That was the kicker. That was I, I didn't. Yeah. Good. Good job. Not only leave that out. Uh, the second thing to your point, Matt, about shooting themselves in the foot. Very on brand for Nebraska football for the last five years. Sad. Shooting selves in foot. Okay. Thanks. Um, the first number... Let's talk more fun stuff. The, fir- the first number that I want to touch on today is the number one. Volleyball. There is one oh, okay. vote oh. for Nebraska football <laughs> in its preseason poll. Thank you, Brad McMurphy. Brad McMurphy, number 25. Honorary. Number 25. You are an honorary Husker, have, my didn't friend. Have, didn't he have Miami 4? I don't know. I don't care what the rest of his okay. poll looks <laughs> like, okay? All right. He is a legitimate <laughs> media member. Yeah. And Nebraska is on the board, baby. So that's We're the, back, baby. That's, that's one number one. The other number one, which is slightly more impressive, I would argue. A few more votes. A few more votes. Uh, in fact, the most votes, the most points in anybody in that poll, it is Oscar Volleyball. Yes. Preseason numero uno. Runners up last year to Wisconsin. Wisconsin lost 15 fifth year seniors. Thank you very much, including their setter. And Nebraska's on top. It's the first time since preseason 2016, mm. as defending champs in 2015, uh, that they are preseason number one. They've been in every weekly top 25 poll ever 
The only volleyball program to have ever done that. Yeah, because Stanford dropped out during the 2020 season. The 2020 season. That was the last one for them. Uh, it's first time they're number one in any poll since 2019, September of 2019. Uh, and they've been ranked top 10, 516 out of 572 total all-time polls. And it's their eighth straight preseason top five ranking. Is that good? I think all that's pretty good. <laughs> it seems like, you know, Nebraska football in the 90s level stuff. This is this is John Cook. Yeah. This is what he does. He doesn't re-anything. Uh, it's just back at it, and they, there's no drop-off. It's incredible. So on volleyball, um, just on, on their own, you have Fan Day coming up here. Yes. That's, that's from 10 to noon today at Bob Devaney Sports Center. So head on out there for that. They're all all the players are going to be signing stuff. Coaches will be out there. That's going to be a lot of fun. Turn on Husker Hour in the car. Red White game is tonight at six. You can listen to that on our sister station, which is for those on Facebook immediately behind me, B one zero seven three. So you can hear the game right here. They'll get into that. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to see how the match plays out because. Can Kennedy or, even though it's a scrimmage, there are positions on the line. Oh yeah, like you, you are less. You are six days out from Nebraska playing two matches, starting their season off with Texas A and M Corpus Christi, and an eleven a.m. match at the Bob. So can Kennedy or take the setter position, or is does Ani Evans get the nod? Because she her her development as a walk a local walk on, and then getting the scholarship during the spring, and and where she is that's so good for this program to to see somebody be able to come in and do that because that's really hard to do with the caliber of athletes that have come into this program that you see being recruited every year where they're always the number one recruiting class or the number two recruiting class or they have four of the top six recruits in the country all in one class type of thing. But can Kennedy or take the job? How much is Nicklin Hames needed as a setter and not just as a defensive specialist? Does Maggie Mendelson or Becca Alec take the other middle blocker position from Caitlin, um, next to Caitlin Horde, the Penn State transfer? What do you get from Lonstein, from Cruzy, from, oh gosh, uh, I'm forgetting the other one on the other side. Alec? No, sure. no, Alec's in the middle. Middle, yeah. Um, but you have three really good returning that are outside hitters and, and right side hitters. Um, that were all underclassmen. Mm. So you've got a lot of really good talent. What is it going to look like when you put it all on the floor? Especially after you lost so much all-American talent. Which, by the way, Nebraska... What, 20% of that went down to Texas? Yeah, no, no, Nebraska's... I'm not going to say B-team because like they're really good. That feels too disrespectful. Right. Like Even though it's Texas, that feels too disrespectful to say that because there was a, a large contribution that the players made to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But Kayla Caffey and Keone Leakana going down to Texas and adding Jordan Larson onto their coaching staff... They're number two in the country, only 10 points of votes. They actually got more first place votes than the Huskers did. Yes. I think by two. Yeah. So they were right there from taking the preseason number one from Nebraska. I need this matchup. (laughs) I need this matchup so bad this year. I would love for it to be in a regional round with Nebraska hosting, but at the very least, give it to me in Omaha. What, What matchup do you want more? Texas Nebraska volleyball or yes. Nebraska K nope. State in a bowl game. Texas Nebraska volleyball. Yeah, that the, the Adrian Martinez bowl sounds so much fun, <laughs> and I think it would be really intriguing. But when you get the because Nebraska football has Oklahoma this year, you know, and last year they had them for the first time since leaving the Big Twelve, and it was the anniversary of the game of the century, the 50th anniversary, you have all of the the memories come up with that on, it was a rivalry built on respect. Well, maybe towards the end, because Nebraska, you were getting your butt kicked every year, you had to have some respect in there somewhere, but there was, from talking with people who were young kids through the 80s and 90s, like there was a real hatred for Oklahoma from the Nebraska side, and I know it was there from the other side too. Mm. There is a legitimate hatred of Texas from everybody, regardless of generation, mm. 
Um, I went and spoke at Van Dorn Villa earlier this week, and I started out because everyone's wearing red. I said, well, just based on how everyone's dressed, we want to talk about Texas, right? And just booze. <laughs> now, this is this is a, an older facility. you got to be 55 to, to live there. Yeah. And I was like, it does not matter generation. The folks in there said this season is a success for football as long as they beat Oklahoma. That's the mentality that's still there mm-hmm. for football. For that generation. For that generation. And they hate Texas. I hate Texas. I graduated high school in 09. Guess what was going on my freshman year of college as I'm trying to get everyone to be Husker fans with me in Illinois? You've got one second going back up on the clock. That's the type of stuff that is just built into our bones. Nebraska- 06 for me, the, the the game that Nebraska had in the bag, and mm-hmm. then Terrence Nunn fumbles on third down. They go down snowstorm randomly at the end, and Texas kicks the winning field goal. 2 at home as well. And those those are all Lord throwing the late interception after the Dwan Gross punt return. And those are all football there, but Nebraska Texas volleyball just last year. Yeah. Just the way this rivalry is, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm saying any matchup across every Nebraska sport, if I got to pick one this year, whether it was a regular season or for a national title, if I get to pick one matchup it's Nebraska Texas volleyball. Yeah. I need that in my soul. Actually, now that I think of it, the first baseball game, first Husker baseball game I went to was uh, when I was a college freshman in 02 or no, 03, would have been spring of 03. Aaron Marsden on a Friday night taking on Texas, Nebraska won 3 to 2. Mhm. Good times. You've also got in those rankings by the way, Wisconsin is up near the top. Um, Louisville's yeah, in the top. Te- Texas number two, Wisconsin number three, Louisville with Danny Busboom, Kelly number four, Minnesota number five. That's your top five. There's, I think, eight Big Ten teams in the top 25. Yep. Uh, you've also got on Nebraska's schedule, um, is Kentucky ranked? Yeah. Um, sure. Kentucky, Creighton is up there, yep. Stanford. So you're looking at Nebraska's schedule on the, on the whole. You're seeing ranked teams every week. Every single week, which is awesome for us. And this, um, this by, is what they do. Yeah, and this is what they do. By the way, 12 or 13, um, I'm trying to remember, but matches during the season will air here on KLIN during the week as well. Very nice. I'm so pumped up. Again, volleyball tonight, red-white match. It's going to be at 6 o'clock. You can uh, listen to it on B1073. There's also the fan day from 10 to noon today. Yep. And... If uh, if you're uh, looking for something else that's on the calendar coming up, your Break the Curse event, let's not forget about that. That's next Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday. Park. We don't got to break the curse for Husker Volleyball. We're going to let that <laughs> just continue. We're going to like not even mention volleyball while no, we're there. No, Anybody says volleyball, they kick them out. <laughs> we're like, you guys are gone. Oh, But yeah, we're, we're going to try to do Break the Curse on, on Husker Football. If you don't believe in curses or curse breaking, come on out anyway. It's a free event, fun. It's going to be like a pep rally ahead of the season for those of us not going to Ireland. 4.30, Haymarket Park. Gates will open. 6 o'clock, Killigan start playing. 7 o'clock, we get into some festivities, curse breaking. All ages are invited. Again, it's free. Concessions will be open there at Haymarket Park Thursday afternoon. That's right. Very cool. All right. We have a lot yet to get to. Uh, A new hire on Nebraska basketball staff. Uh, We're going to talk biggest game of the year for Husker football. We're going to run down game-by-game predictions for Husker football, but when we come back, uh, we're going to dig into this billion-dollar deal. Money. Billions for Big Ten teams, uh, including Nebraska. That's coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Association at this station. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, there was some big news this week. And when I say big, I mean big. And the only way really to describe it is to just go ahead and play everybody this. It's coming. The Big Ten on CBS. Just imagine Iowa, Penn State. Final score six to four. It's a dewy November day. It's a it's a very two teams looking to enter their or uh, cement their legacy in a bowl game. 
to go to a bowl game. It's Rutgers, Penn State on CBS. Illinois is fighting for bowl eligibility. Yeah. Indiana's looking for a top three finish in a rugged Big Ten East division. Iowa's trying to make it 13 in a row on Black Friday. Oh, God. Here don't. at Historic Memorial Field. <laughs> Sorry, it, that one was too much. The best two punters in the country <laughs> square off in this Big Ten battle on CBS. That's because punk gods in the NFL now. Yeah. Hey, Brian Buschini, the, the, the name tag's open. It's there. It's, it's available for you on the college level. So, yeah, Nebraska and the rest of the Big Ten are going to be hearing this a little bit more often. And as soon as 2023, this might be the Nebraska-Iowa Black Friday theme song that kicks off your 2.30 kickoff. Yes, because it's part of this package. So let's rewind just a hair. New media deal for the Big Ten Conference. Starting next year, no ESPN or ABC, no Disney affiliation for the Big Ten Conference. As part of this more than $7 billion deal that begins this next July, so July 2023, runs for seven years. It's for more than $7 billion. Contract does include an escalator clause in case there are additions to the league. Mm. Um, So it could be a deal worth nearly $10 billion. Those additions to the league... Is that Notre Dame? Is it Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington, the that kind of area? That's all built into it. So that that's good for the league to already have that built in. Yeah. Now, this is for CBS, Fox, NBC. You've also got um, NBC's Peacock. Paramount Plus is on there. Obviously, Big Ten Network, FS1, uh, BTN Plus. There's going to be a number of streaming options. Yeah, it's going to be a little frustrating, but that's just the reality. Guess There's what? There's a year you can maybe yeah. see a bundle before then, right? Um, the guess Big what? Ten bundle. When we when oh, we get I'd, to I'd buy that, that'd be great. <laughs> when we get to 2030, there's going to be even more streaming. Guys. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. If the Big Ten bundle is made, I'll give Kevin Warren all my money. I mean, NFL Plus too. I'm buying that. I'm, right. I'm all about the bundle. So what this did, and Kevin Warren talked a little bit about this, as making college football Saturdays as close to an NFL Sunday as possible. So you're going to have uh, a game on Fox at 11 a.m. You cover your noontime game. You go to CBS in the middle of the afternoon. That's the CBS primetime slot. Then you get NBC in the evening. Now, NBC is working on the Big Ten Saturday night. They are like leaning into this night game for Big Ten. And they're going to have that throughout the year. So you will go major network, major network, major network. Your three featured games. Your three featured games. While still having games on the Big Ten network. Mm-hmm. Like you're, the, the visibility for this league is about to go through the roof. As you were saying, CBS is going to be getting a mid-afternoon Black Friday game. That's Nebraska Iowa. It will be like that. When, when you hear that, you just go, "That's the Nebraska Iowa game." Yeah. All of these also include a number of men's and women's basketball games, some other sports as well. So you should see visibility across the league, not just football, go up. Obviously, football drives the bus, and then CBS, Fox, and NBC are going to be splitting the Big Ten championship games over the next seven years. Big Ten women's basketball final will now be on CBS, big CBS. Awesome. That's part of the deal, too. That's a big deal. Yeah, so it's it's increasing visibility for those smaller sports in addition to all the uh, the, the big headline deal mm. stuff for, for football. The the implications of this, big picture-wise, is, is something that has been discussed, and I want to get into it here, too. ESPN and ABC are not part of this. What does that mean? Well, not not really much in terms of the games, because when someone wants to watch a game, it may take them one minute, it may take them ten minutes, but they'll eventually find it, right? If you want to watch a game, you're going to find it. The implication is, where where is the where is the discussion go during the week? How is the narrative shaped? College football is still based on polling. It's still based on on humans watching games, interpreting data, seeing what they see with their eyes having those internal biases as much as they try to, to to push them out. And ESPN, like it or not, is still the 24-hour home for all things college football uh, if, you, if you search it out. Chances are they're still going to drive that for the next seven years. Maybe, co- maybe Fox, CBS, NBC, some combination of those three, maybe they end up closing that gap a little bit. Fox is maybe well, best positioned to do that with some of their daytime talk stuff. But... 
in a sport that's so driven by the narrative, that's the the thing that maybe gives me a little bit of pause in terms of, hey, this is all good for the Big Ten. Because if you get essentially like just stiff-armed out of the conversation, or if, if ESPN just basically takes the stance of, well, the SEC is better, and we already kind of think that, and everybody maybe already thinks that anyway, but now you lean into that even more and just disparage the Big Ten any chance they get, that's going to be detrimental to the Big Ten and trying to get more teams into whatever number of, of teams qualify for that playoff. That's the only thing that gives me pause is how does the narrative get shaped throughout the week because you're losing the biggest voice in that narrative shaper. I think you're absolutely right in that. And also, I mean, like, when you say college football is driven on narrative, I would argue that it's almost almost all narrative right when you when you're discussing and you're trying to put these rankings together and like even like the college football playoff that's a separate committee that's the college football playoff committee but to even get into that conversation right you have to impress these you know these writers these ESPN writers the people that aren't you're not necessarily affiliated with just to get in that conversation I I completely agree with you like I think that's a little bit concerning but at the same time if the Big Ten keeps adding teams you add Notre Dame, you add more Pac-12 teams, you maybe add a couple Big 12 teams, whatever. They keep expanding. It's going to get to a point where there are going to be so there are going to be so many teams in the Big Ten. There's going to be so much talent where it's like you can't ignore them anymore. You can't not ignore them, but like not fit them into that narrative or not. You, you can't overlook them because you think the SEC is better and you're producing an SEC product. Yeah. But I do think. For these next couple of years with these 16 teams, I, I mean, the, the, the Twitter narrative of like ESPN doesn't like the Big Ten or ESPN writers aren't putting the Big Ten oh in their polls God. is going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. Stop it's going it to be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, but no, it's, it, it's a great point. But I think that this, if, if Kevin Warren is worried about that, it, he's got to be all right. Well, I got to make this, this league undeniable. I, I mean, if we, if, if the Big Ten has 22 teams or 21 teams and they're all just, really good and super talented, ESPN can't be like, all right, we're going to give you the stiff arm. Like, we're going to put three SEC teams in, like, Utah in here. Like, that's that's not it's not going to work that way if they just keep adding Notre Dame and, like, all these very great programs. I, I think they, Kevin Warren and with this deal, they hedged on that a little bit, mm-hmm. is that in order to control some of the narrative... When this when this news came out on Thursday, obviously I was at home. I wasn't feeling great, but the news came out. I said, I'm really interested in what ESPN is going to say about this. Because if ESPN made a $7 billion deal or were part of a deal of that size, it would have immediately been breaking into programming. Mm-hmm. They were still talking NFL preseason. They were talking whether LeBron should stay in Los Angeles. Did not break in at all. I flipped between ESPN and ESPN2 for over an hour. Not a word, except a little ticker down on the the bottom bottom line. So, to me, that is, ESPN is going to try to make this as small as possible. But, what Kevin Warren did, by putting it across the three major networks, going Fox, CBS, NBC, you cannot ignore the league. If if it was just going to be you're going to play on, on Fox and then you might have an FS1 game and you're on Big Ten Network in the evening, you might be able to ignore the majority of the league and just go, okay, well, Ohio State and Michigan, maybe Penn State are going to be in it. But I think because of having to be in prime, like on the primetime slots for those channels, there's no way for people to miss out on those games just because they're not on ESPN or ABC. No, and I'm not suggesting that you're going to have just complete ignorance of of the Big Ten or or anything. The the thing that it'll affect is on the margins. So let's say you've got a 12-team playoff in 2027. Mm -hmm. ESPN, it is in their interests to get... You know, maybe maybe the battle between the four-seed and the five-seed and who gets a bye is between... LSU and Penn State. Mm-hmm. Obviously, ESPN is going to be talking up LSU, and they're going to be downplaying any of Penn State's accomplishments. It's going to be who gets that last spot in the playoff right. between you know maybe it's battle between Ole Miss and Wisconsin for that twelfth seed, if you will. Again, Ole Miss, look at what they've done. Wisconsin, sure. who'd they beat? It's yeah. generally speaking, that's what it's going to be, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if that's going to be enough to sway what ultimately ends up being whatever that selection process is for a hypothetical 12-team playoff. 
but that's what you'll see. It's on the margins. We it's, already see that though. Like that, you, that you do. Like that's already a thing that we see when you when you already have the four team college football playoff. You get Feinbaum going on saying there should be two or three SEC teams. Like, yeah, you already get that. I do think we'll start to see a lot more of that, of arguing for those marginal teams to fill those last spots or be in those bigger bowls or get those slightly better rankings. That's Yeah, you, you do have the fine bombs. Obviously, ESPN already has a vested interest in the SEC because ESPN owns the SEC network. Big Ten Network obviously advocates for the Big Ten schools, right? And Fox is part of the Big Ten. They're, they're yeah. I think, the majority owner of the Big Ten Network, and so obviously we need to Fox get Cowherd way more on Big Ten. But absolutely, yeah. Well, absolutely, he will. He will. That pivot's coming. <laughs> uh, but right now, the SEC is not ESPN's only major entity. The ESPN ESPN still has Big Ten product. They still have Big Ten programming. Uh, there, if you look at College Game Day, who's on set? Kirk Herbstreet, Ohio State. Desmond Howard, Michigan. You're not going to see any other Big Ten alums getting seats at that table going forward. You're just not. I mean, David Pollock is, a, is an SEC guy from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of who else is there. Tim Tebow, if he still does ESPN stuff, he's obviously a Florida guy. That's another SEC school. But you're represented on game day to where they can't ignore the top of the league. Right, but you're not going to see as much time spent on there, or you're just going to see more time comparing this versus that. And SEC is always going to come. ESPN is going to have a vested interest. This mm-hmm. is all about money. It'll and be, so it's, it's in their interest to, to downplay Big Ten accomplishments. It'll be inter- interesting to see if like, Game Day even goes to Big Ten schools now. I mean, like, what, right. is, like, what is the, the benefit for ESPN at this point to really preview two Big Ten teams and like, oh, they're not even, none of these, these teams are playing on our network? ESPN has some footprint or some product from all five power conferences right now and has since they've gotten huge right you can find somewhere in their schedule in college football season a pac-12 school game a big 10 game a big 12 game and even go to fcs games they They go to army navy i mean they they go everywhere but But here's but here's the interesting part then if if army navy doesn't count if espn is completely out of the big 10 scheduling picture I, I wonder about that, Matt. If 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 you are going to see ESPN just completely do away with visiting a Big Ten school, because yeah, they go everywhere now, but they have everywhere on their on yeah, their product. Absolutely, they have something from every Power Five conference, and they they broadcast a ton of the the non Power Five stuff too. This is an aggressive move from Kevin Warren, severing ties with the SEC, pushing himself as far away from it as possible, along with ESPN. And ESPN, I mean, I think they would, I mean, I would be shocked if they don't do the same with the Big Ten. And they're like, all right, you're cutting ties with us, we're going to cut ties with you. We're not going to give you as much airtime. we won't talk about your All-American you know, players as much, we won't talk about your teams as much, we won't really hype them up as to the level as we are these Big 12 and SEC teams that we are you know, producing and it's not really from a like like envious or like like revenge standpoint. It's from like a marketing standpoint. If you're not gonna have Big Ten teams on your network, why would you hype them up? Why would you push storylines like, hey guys, like these guys are really good? Because you're not you're not gonna have them on your network. If you're gonna do that and you're gonna be like Michigan is one of the best teams in the country and they're incredible, all right, well your viewer is then gonna be like, all right, I'll turn on CBS to watch them. I won't watch you on ESPN. It's just like they aren't going to do that, and I think Kevin Warren is completely fine with that because he knows how important the money is. And he also, too, I think there are two big factors with the escalating clause, where it goes up, where more teams are added in. I think that's going to, honestly, if I were a team on the fence of leaving my conference to go to the Big Ten, now knowing that if I go in there, right. Now that, you've seen the deal. Yeah, now you've seen the deal. And it's you only know how go much up. money's going to hey, be Exactly. There. I know <laughs> that I'm going to be able to split a billion dollars like, like <laughs> right. every single year. Heck yeah, like sign me up for that. These, the second interesting thing, too, is this draft. All these networks are going to draft games uh, at the beginning of every year to see who gets what. I would say this, this Big Ten Saturday, this primetime game, I want them, I want them to get all. Get all the big games. You want NBC getting every I, well, one of them? I just want the big. I want the Big Ten Saturday primetime game to be the biggest game every week because I don't. I think primetime is great until you're seeing Rutgers versus Illinois, or you're seeing like just two not very great teams 
plastered on your screen because they're going to be going head to head with the ABC primetime. Exactly. Like it's it's the thing is you're not you're not going to get Rutgers Illinois in that slot. Well, where they're drafting, I know. So it's like, but what, but even, what, what even I'm some weeks, saying is like some weeks not, the third best some, game yeah, is not going to yeah. be enticing. Yeah, some weeks like the fourth, fifth best game might be what's what's going to be on Big Ten Saturday because that's the pick they have for that week. And I just don't think in the long run, like if Big Ten Saturday gets the like, ah, oh, well, I mean, it's like the third best team in the West playing like the fourth best team in the East. It won't be as great as it sounds now. And I'm not saying that like mm-hmm. every week should be Ohio State Michigan on Big Ten Saturday, but I think that game, for the sake of just this deal in the league, should be a, like a very enticing like oh my god I can't wait for Big Ten Saturday every yeah. week because this is like one of the best games. I think they'll, they'll I think they'll find a way to to make that happen to where at the very least it's Ohio State or Michigan just waxing sure. someone. Sure, because because at the end of the day you can put someone into that time slot. And make them look really, really good. Right. Yeah, so, you, you you do that with ESPN now. Like, game day will go, if there's no, like, awesome matchup, they'll just go to the the closest to competitive top five game. Sure. You know what I'm really interested in this year? Does game day go to USC-UCLA? Hmm. Do they go out there as a Pac-12 game? <laughs> And well, get those two schools, knowing that they're already a Big Ten property in in the minds of most people. I, that's I don't know. That, I, that'll be a test. Go take some of the West Coast with them. Yeah. Well, and I wonder. We can we can maybe do some deep dive on this, or somebody will. Since Fox has started the big noon kickoff pregame, where's many, everyone gone? How many times have they gone to somewhere other than a, a Big Ten or Big Twelve site? Because they've done Texas, Oklahoma, I know, mm-hmm. yeah. and a bunch of Big Ten. Because ESPN's had a vested interest in the sport as a whole because they did everything. Sure. But Fox has never had that. They've only had the Big Ten and then some Big 12. I'd be interested to see, because they probably haven't gone to an SEC site because they haven't, I mean, they don't host those It's games. not their product. Right. It's not their product. You so, know what I'm interested in? What our record's going to be this year? <sighs> All right. Let's make some picks. I, I, I think some folks are going to get angry with what we've got coming. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we've got game-by-game predictions for Nebraska football. Coming up right now. Don't go anywhere. Call your mom. Get tell her to log on to Facebook Live at KLI and Huskers right now. It's coming. Right after this on the KLI and Husker Hour. Talk.com. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499-3 KLIN. All right, 2022 season starts in just seven days. Casey Thompson will be the uh, starting quarterback. Ramir Johnson will be the wide back. Yeah, that was the worst kept secret for a while. Corey Ross was a pretty wide back. Brody Bell, too, is also a... (laughs) Sorry, pork chop. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Jock Yant wants a a word with you as well. He's a pretty wide back, if you ask me. (laughs) Okay. Wow, did we derail this? Yeah, that took that was record time by the way. <laughs> All right. So, uh it's uh it's a it's a tra- tradition unlike no other. Time to make some picks. Let's make some da, picks. Da, 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 da. You want that back? No. That's okay. I don't, I don't I don't know that we need we don't need the bet. <laughs> Let's just have it on low. Yeah. Oh my god. We'll, we'll get in the mood. Oh, okay. Geez. So, uh, and I, I didn't talk through this with Ken. We can just go game by game, you, me, or do we need to run down Caleb and then me either way? It doesn't matter the and, order. And Matt. You have yours in, too? Yeah. Yeehaw. Okay, I'm a part cool. of the show, Cole. Hey, I'm just making sure. I, I don't... Ridiculous. I don't... Getting no respect around here. Get no respect. Get wow. No respect. Jeez. For a look, kid his age, I didn't know he knew Rodney Dangerfield. Look at the reference over here. Yeah, wow. That's a classic reference, if you will. <laughs> I'm, All right. I'm a classic man. <laughs> Let's get started. More than five years. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> Let's get it <laughs> going. Break. All right, so we're going to run down game by game. We'll start at the top. Each of us will give our pick, and then we'll move on to the next one. So let's start with Northwestern. Uh, let's let Mr. Classic go first. Matt, let's let think? Mr. Chicago yeah. Northwestern family go Chicago's first. Chicago's Big Ten team. We are. I mean, what other Big Ten team? Uh, it's a win. It's a win for Nebraska. I was uh, like, you need to specify. Sorry, Nebraska win. I got it 17-10. <laughs> I'm going with a Nebraska victory. And if because it's the first game, we'll give a score. 
41-17. No way. <laughs> no way. 41-17. Nice. Okay. Get waxed, Wildcats. Nope. Nope. It's going to be the most slug them out Big Ten football game you've ever seen. Northwestern, 21. We, Nebraska, we, we, 16. I know. We, we said, said that yesterday. We said you were going to pick Northwestern. I just There's a lot that needs to come together, and it's not a, a close venue. There's just a lot of factors playing against Nebraska. There's a revenge factor for Northwestern. Okay, North Dakota that. at home. Yeah, it, Get, I, I'm, stop I'm talking. Hey, hey, who in this room picked Buffalo on tailgate the day before the Nebraska-Buffalo game last year? Just saying. But I think that was more valid. Like, Buffalo is a good team. Like, Northwestern has lost... A lot of pieces, and, and like, and that that was a that was a good pick considering what had happened the week before. Yeah, that was a yeah. great pick. Okay, uh, I'm going to say North Dakota loses to Nebraska. That's a win for Huskers. I will give a win to Nebraska as well. I'll, I'll go win too. All right, let's move All right, on. Well, Georgia. you and I are two and zero. Georgia, Georgia Southern. <laughs> this is where we get concerned. I got a win. I got a three and zero Huskers. Three and zero Huskers. <laughs> two two and one. Nebraska oh. gets All back right. over right. five hundred. All right, now big noon kickoff. Nebraska, Oklahoma. This is where Cole would your 100% father's rivalry pick Nebraska to beat Oklahoma after losing to Northwestern. Am I am I first? You yeah, can a, go first. Yeah, it's a loss. It's a loss. I just don't think Nebraska has enough on what the the talent Oklahoma has coming back to to overcome the Sooners even at home. So the first loss of the year, second loss of the year. Okay. I, I yeah I I think that Nebraska does stand a pretty good chance with Oklahoma's changes that they've made. But Nebraska is still just not at their level of talent, and I, I just don't trust I, Nebraska in a oh, game where there's going to be a ton of pressure from everybody who pays attention to this program. I will, yeah. I will say this, though. If the pass game looks really, really good against Northwestern, I, I might be levied to change this to a win because Oklahoma was not a good pass defense last year, and they, they, you know, they brought in some guys, some transfer guys, for this secondary, I mean, they have some returning spots too, and this defense, I think, is going to be changing with Brett and Venables a little bit to where they want to be more imposing than speed. So this, I think, it's a close loss. We all reserve the right to change it week yes. of. Well, yeah, when we get week of, we'll obviously make those picks um, by by week after Oklahoma. Yep, and then it's Indiana at home. Homecoming. Go ahead, Caleb. It's a victory on homecoming. I'll say I'll say Nebraska gets the win as well. Win. All right, so three three wins there for Nebraska. Four and one is what I'm up to. We're, I'm, I'm three and two over here. Uh, Rutgers at Piscataway on a Friday night. Get hype, folks! Friday night's the best night for football. All right, Friday night lights. Uh, I'm going to say Nebraska gets the victory on the road. I am as well, and there's going to be a lot of people talk about it. How it can be a bit of a trap because it's a Friday night on the road. I still think Nebraska runs away with Th- it. This is not a trap game. Uh, Rutgers is not good at life. Did I you mean, not listen to the Big Ten Network guys? Best linebackers in the league. No, they lost all four of their linebackers last year to to the to the NFL. I mean, they're not. I mean, they they've lost a lot, and they're bringing in I'm all just these telling transfers. you what Donardo said. No, I mean, according to, to to our Pick Six preview, it's 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 not a good site for Rutgers, and uh, yeah, no, this is they're going to run away with it. Yeah. All right, so after that, it's another road game, this time on a Saturday. The first, the first road Saturday game for Nebraska of Mid-October. this season is October 15th. <laughs> Just astounding. That's at Purdue. And honestly, Purdue with the best returning quarterback in the West, in my opinion, and Jeff Brom being a pretty good coach, I, I don't like this matchup for Nebraska. I'm going to say that the Boilermakers get it done. Loss for Nebraska. Absolutely agree with you. This is this is the trap game. This is it. I, I, I mean, I think if you were to compare the rosters all the way up and down, you would probably say Nebraska's a little bit more talented, mm-hmm. uh, considering the fact that Purdue did lose uh, their three best wide receivers. Um, and but, George Karloftis on defense. Exactly. And and uh, also their, their best defensive back, too. But road Saturday game, uh, playing against a really good passer and Aiden O'Connell, I think this is the ultimate trap. Extra day off during the week. Mm. Six and one Huskers. Wow. Victory. Qualifying for a bowl by mid-October. Victory in West Lafayette. Wow, look at you, Caleb. All right. Rose and, co- Rose by the way, glasses. for those, for those uh, keeping track, that's two three-game winning streaks on the season already. 
Wow. Two so more you're than, at, you're two at, more than Scott you're Frost at six has. and one? Yeah, you're at six, six and, and one. one. Talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I've got, I'm I've got chugging it like, uh, like Burt Kirshner over here. It's it's another right. bye week. This yeah. is the, the <laughs> second bye week follows <laughs> Purdue, and then it's a five-game stretch to end the season, starting with a home game against Illinois. I'm going to say Nebraska gets revenge for their Week 0 loss last year, and they get it done against Brett Bielema. This time at home, Nebraska will not start out trying to throw a <laughs> lateral pass at home against Illinois. Cam Taylor-Britt's not going to field a punt at the one and go Ugh. backwards. Ugh. Yeah, Nebraska rolls Illinois. I, Seven I, have, and one. I have a win. I have a win. I think this is a potential trap game, though. At home against an inferior opponent, coming off of a bye week. I think Illinois is going to surprise some people this year. They had a really good defense last year. They're bringing, bringing some guys back. Brett Bielma is a really good coach, done a great job recruiting. They have major questions at the quarterback, which will be answered by this point. So I have Nebraska winning, but could could be could very well be a bad loss. Closer than the experts think. <laughs> yes. All right. Then it's a four-game stretch in November to end the year. With what an awesome four-game stretch oh, this is, though. The, the top three programs lately in the Big Ten West, along with Michigan, who won the East and made the playoff last year. So Minnesota at home. I have Nebraska at this point five and three, lost to Minnesota. I, I do. I do not trust Nebraska's interior run stuffing uh, potential. The D line is short on on experience and depth. And Minnesota runs the crap out of the ball, and P.J. Fleck will not stop. So I'm going to take Minnesota at, at I mean, it's it's here in Lincoln, but I think Minnesota gets the win. You know what Nebraska's going to have by November on the interior line? Experience and depth. 8-1 wow. Big Red. Jeez, uh, I, at, uh, up to this to this point, I am 5-2. and two. I, I was teetering back and forth between this game a lot. Like I think this is going to be a really close game uh, at home. I have a win. I have a win, so I'm at six and two, uh, yeah, which doesn't add up to how many games we've done. Oh, sorry, missing one. sorry. Let, wait, how many losses one, do you two, have? I have two losses. So, so you're seven, seven, and seven and two. two, seven and two. Still not bad. I'm, I'm five, dig this. I'm kid five over and here. four. Okay, then you're at Michigan. Cade uh, McNamara returns. It's uh, it, uh, that that's the toughest game on the calendar for Nebraska, in my opinion. Yeah, there's no Aiden Hutchinson, but plenty of talent. Plenty of talent. I. As much as I want the this offensive line to have held up and 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 be doing their job to just be adequate over the course of the year, these last three games are going to be really tough on them. Starting with Michigan, I, I've got Michigan winning that one. Nebraska going to eight and two. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like Nebraska to win. If I already made it clear that Nebraska loses that game, Matt. yeah. Michi- I mean, it's a Michigan win for them. Yeah. Uh, return eight starters. I think they have the most interesting storyline going into one of the more interesting storylines going into the season with Cade McNamara versus JJ McCarthy. Just because you know they are going to start McNamara. How couldn't you after that? You know, very successful season they had. But JJ McCarthy kind of adds a little bit of that dynamic playmaker that McNamara is, and that might put them over the edge. So that I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who's starting. For uh, for Michigan at that point, but I, I think they're going to win. You mentioned interesting storylines there. Another one is Harbaugh trying to go to the NFL and not making it, and, and yeah. how is that? And then coming back, their, yeah. <laughs> how that how does that affect their season? Okay, uh, two games left. I'm still looking for a bowl eligibility, and uh, Wisconsin comes to town, the the last home game of the year, and Braylon Allen going to do some bad things to Nebraska's defense. Unfortunately, I, I, I like Wisconsin to win that game. This is one of the games I will be at because Matt and I are splitting up home games. We are going to them. There you go. I will be there. It will be my birthday. Oh, and the Badgers will still win. <laughs> okay, eight and two or eight and three. Eight and three. So, Oscars. so call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you know when you grow up a Northwestern fan, there's really not a whole lot of teams that you, you dislike other than the Wisconsin Badgers. Okay. And sometimes there's a trap game. Sometimes you got to beat the trap. And I think the Huskers are going to, off a field goal, late in the fourth quarter, going to win this one against Wisconsin. Timmy Bleak Road gets carried off hey, the This field. is more of a personal pick, though, because I, in, in my, I can't stand rankings of just overall programs and teams. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Wisconsin Badgers and Green Bay Packers are tied. You got to uh, be careful calling for a Waldock walk off on this show. I know, but but I look. You're going to get. Sometimes they're going to be in the trap game, and this is a trap game for Wisconsin. I think Nebraska is going to. They they will have an opportunity to uh, 
to capitalize on. Nebraska is a trap game for an opponent. I like it. Here we are in 2022. Okay, last one. Black Friday. Black Friday. You're not going to hear the the bed music yet because 2022, it's not quite to CBS yet. But it is 3 p.m. It will it will be an afternoon, and it's the Iowa Hawkeyes. I am still. You know what? I'm going to go last. I'm going to keep you guys in suspense. I'm still five and six. I haven't made a bowl yet in my in my universe. Go ahead, Caleb or Matt. You guys, one of one of you. Go ahead. Loss. Nebraska. I have at eight and three. And they end up eight and four, three mm. straight losses to close the year. Lose to Iowa again, mm. despite the fact that the Hawkeyes have a jugs machine at quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> which jugs machine? Because <laughs> there's yeah, no, there's there's a bunch of different models that you like. You can go off of like there's a punting one, and there's also like the wide receiver one. Trust me, Hawkeye fans would just say any jugs okay, machine. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb's got him eight and four with a guaranteed rate bowl berth against Kansas State. <laughs> uh, yes. All right, Nebraska needing a win to make bowl eligibility for the first time since my first grader couldn't even walk yet. And they don't, they don't get it done. You're going five and seven. Iowa wins. Nebraska comes up short. Five and three going into November. Four game losing streak and. God help Trev Alberts with that decision. Five and seven, Nebraska finish. Whoa. So five and seven. Yep. Eight and four. Yep. Eight and four. Eight and four. Yeah, with the Iowa. I will yeah. say this though. I am not a bullish eight and four. I I am a little bit on with like this with this program and the state it's in, eight and four is quite bullish if you ask. Well, me. no, no, no. I mean in terms <laughs> of where I am in eight and four, like you could I could very well flip Minnesota to a loss and I'd still feel comfortable with it like I think that's going to be an incredibly close game I think Illinois I think that's going to be a lot closer listen to the stonks kid over here being a lot closer to five and seven on this eight and four pick I'm just saying like there was a lot of there was a lot of teetering there was a lot of like having having to rewrite my email to Kenny because I'm like (laughs) I don't I don't know really where I want to go here different drafts yeah I did I had a lot of different drafts wait which version did I send you crap no no (laughs) not that one not that one yeah sorry sorry no 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 not the four and eight one the no no the the better one well two-thirds of those making picks on the show today think Nebraska will not only be in a bowl but two games over well, 500. I don't, I don't think that's like that incredibly impressive just because when you look at this route like this schedule there's like almost five guaranteed wins. Wow. Should be. I, yeah. I okay. mean with how with how not great some of these teams are playing like we're we're going to we're going to dig in a little bit more. We've got uh, one segment left. Uh, come on back. We're going to break down just what this will look like. Uh, some of the on-field decisions, some of the personnel that that we are looking at as well. Uh, seven days seven seven days out from Nebraska's opener in Ireland. Uh, this is the KLI and Husker Hour. We waking up high, high with my dogs high Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, if you just missed the last segment, what were you doing and what where were you? Uh, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com or the Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers. We just gave our game-by-game predictions for the Husker season. Uh, I'm a little bit pessimistic, maybe a lot pessimistic, if you if you want. Five and seven, uh, those who are eight and four. Uh, let's- I don't think you're too off base, by the way. Well, by the here- way, it, it's, it's so hard when you go the yeah. last few years, for the most part, if I remember our last couple years of picks, and in 2020 we made like three different sets of picks. We did <laughs> because we there picked, were three schedules <laughs> because we picked and then they rescheduled and then they rescheduled and we're just like man I don't know Nebraska <laughs> win like four games and whatever happens happens I guess um, but at no point have we really gone through and not had Nebraska somewhere probably six to eight wins I'm looking at this schedule and I feel pretty confident about Nebraska getting to six mm. there's two others that I'm like flippy floppy on yeah. um, Minnesota and Purdue. Those are the two I'm a little flippy floppy on, but I have Nebraska winning both of those. Yeah. So that's where I get to eight and four. Five and seven still feels where we're not quite wholly um, doing a keg stand of Kool-Aid. That's so within the realm of possibility because of what you've known the coaching staff to do, what the team to do the last few years. But it's so hard to look at the last few years other than the guy at the top and so much of what the defense is and knowing that there's holes on the offensive line 
because so much of this team is different and so much of the coaching staff is different, this is such a hard team to gauge overall other than going off of team reputations. Well, and that's that's part of the reason why I'm a little bit skeptical. And, and, and to Matt's point that he made right before the last break, if you look at this schedule, there are five guaranteed wins right off the bat. That's the problem, though. We would have said that. You would have said that all of the last four years because Nebraska's program is not on the level of a Wisconsin or Iowa where they can count on certain wins. They are on the level of a Purdue and an Indiana and maybe even a Rutgers because they just can't count on rolling the ball out there and getting a victory anymore. That's why. That's why the 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 game by game. Hey, they're going to win this game because how could they possibly lose it? That's why that doesn't work anymore for this program. They're not on that same level. Here's the difference between North or between Nebraska and Wisconsin in this regard. If Wisconsin had this this schedule, they would mark off Illinois as a guaranteed win, right? They would be all right. That's that we are winning that game. Right. Nebraska Nebraska's a step below that. Illinois, like I think that Illinois game is going to be competitive. You're looking at that Minnesota game. I think Wisconsin fans would be like, "Yeah, we'll probably win that game. It might be a little close." You and I, I could easily put that down as a loss. I think that's the difference. But I think Rutgers and Northwestern, Indiana lost 23 transfers like in in the off season. I mean, they are just, you know, I, I don't want to like be too harsh or anything, but they are just not great. Teams like they are not very good, and it's not necessarily to do. It's just like the lack of talent and like what they've lost. Like Northwestern has lost so much over the last couple of yeah. years, and Indiana lost so much last year. Rutgers, I mean, they didn't really. I mean, when Chiano came in, I mean, he didn't have anything to begin with. Basically, I mean, he did a pretty good job last year, but he brought in primarily transfers mm-hmm. and 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 like had veteran guys there already. I mean, they are playing. Three teams that are legitimately rebuilding, along with Georgia Southern and North Dakota State. So that's why I think, though, I mean, like, how do you not win those games? I think when you go from Illinois, Minnesota, I would say the most important stretch of this schedule isn't the last three games of the season, it's Purdue and Illinois, Minnesota. And I think those are the three where with it's a like, buy in there, too. With a buy in there, yeah. too. It's like, that's that's the difference. Okay, so in the last couple of minutes here, we will not have a show next week. Correct. Because pregame will start at 7.30. Um, by the way, from 5 to 7 in the morning, you'll get some Big Ten talk because we're going to have a new show debut, Big Sports Radio, right here every Saturday morning, 5 to 7 in the morning. Um, great group of guys. Cole, what are you expecting next week? I know you predicted a loss, but overall expectation. I, I just I just don't think you're going to see a cohesive unit on offense, and I think they're going to struggle to move the ball consistently all game. The defense will be fine, but they're just not going to be put in position to win by the offense. Before we go, Nebraska ball hires Ernie Ziegler as the third assistant. Better recruiter than Adam Howard. He's more yes. of a replacement um, for what Matt Abdelmassi did than others. Cade Povich up to double A in the Orioles organization after being traded He's awesome. Twins. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's Nebraska Northwestern. We'll, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks when Nebraska's got a, uh, a win or a loss under their belt for the 2021 season. Uh, that'll do it for us here. Thanks to Kenny. That's Matt. That's Caleb. I'm Cole. Go Big Red.